The Celtic Exchange A fresh insight on Celtic Football Club Over the course of 47 domestic games last season Celtic failed to score in just two of them This season's only four games old But they've already managed to equal that record With a 0-0 draw against St Johnson Coming hot on the heels of the 1-0 League Cup defeat by Kilmarnock It's the first time we've failed to score in back-to-back domestic games In over five years this is the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino and this week I'm joined by Paddy and Sinke as we cover all things Celtic. Paddy, the season's just getting started and we're already equal in records. What's all the fuss about? That's a horrible start to start the show <laughs> off with. Um, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't even think about that, that's uh, that's quite sobering. Um, not that I wasn't already sober with us, uh, this recent performance, but yeah, it's it's been just a, a really, really long week. Um last week waiting for that game against St Johnston and then uh, what we witnessed there on Saturday is just a, a, a team that's just not anywhere near where it should be I understand obviously there's injuries in the camp and and I get that there are still players that are getting up to match practice as well um, but there's also massive signs that there's players that are nowhere near the level required um, to play for this team why it's taken to this point I don't know I don't know um, and it's going to be a really busy week if we if we really need to try and right those wrongs now. And that was my chat, Paddy. That was the line I was using in the, the pre-match stuff. Me and Sinky covered pre-match for St Johnson and I'm like, Celtic have the chance to right some wrongs this week and all that stuff. And that was the party line and we did not right any wrongs, did we? No, no. I, I think we were all waiting on stuff happening last week and I, and I think that obviously there's been a lot of chat about Palma and, and that looks to be getting over the line but there, there seems to be a bit a few issues kind of creeping up with international clearance and that that's still only one player um, everything still seems fairly quiet on the rest and I wonder if it is a case of the board are saying we need players to move on before you get anyone else in Yeah the, the chat from Stephen McGowan who's the kind of fairly well quoted journalist uh, writes for the Scottish Daily Mail which is up to him um, mentioned that there could be five or six ins and outs, you know, five coming in, six out. There's a lot of exits um, potentially going to happen and, and we'll get to all of that. Lewis Palmer that you mentioned, he's the Honduran winger. Uh, looks like Celtic have got a deal lined up for him for about three and a half million and he should land in Scotland around about Wednesday, Thursday, potentially to get thrown right into that game on Sunday, Paddy. Sankey, um, so poor the game was on Saturday that my good, good friend Paddy here effectively walked by me after the game. I'm standing outside the ground. I see him over the way. Hey, Paddy, my good mate. And uh, your your brother with you, was it? Aye, I was making sure and my brother would go back to the car, all right? They just, <laughs> he just trundled by me, Sinky. He barely spoke to me, he was gutted. I don't blame him, mate. Well done, Paddy. Uh, he's, <laughs> probably, he's probably in a daze after watching that, that game. We mentioned the post-match about performance and reaction. and few, but we went, You went for 5-0, I went for 3-0. Did it happen? No. Did it happen at well, all? You got the nil bit right. Ah, yes. <laughs> true. But you mentioned that record at the start about them, <laughs> about those scoring. But back to back, that's some achievement. Hundred and eighty minutes of foot with a foot of goal. So we're, we're smashing it. <laughs> so, um, so as I said, there five years ago, twenty eighteen was the last time we went two games back to back. The last time we went three games domestically without scoring, I think, was in nineteen ninety four. Some dark, dark times, and it would be mad to think that. We're close to that, so let's hope we get a, a big result on Sunday, and we'll get to all of that in a bit. But Sinky, generally speaking, as as Paddy says, it's a massive week ahead. There's the end of the transfer window, the trip to Ibrox, and you know various other things going on. Champions League draw. Anything giving you reasons for optimism at this time? Um, the Palmer guy that's giving me optimism. Um, <laughs> there was a bit of red tape involved. Some people were series in London. Some people were series in Greece. Your man Steve McGinn obviously saying about the players coming in. People 
leaving as well. Um, we just need to regroup. Um, this week, but the, the transfer window is, is massive. Obviously, going up to the any of the, the derbies is a big week. Um, obviously, the, as as the week goes on, it starts to intensify and, and stuff like that. But I think um, we need we need to get some players in. We need we need something. But after that performance on Saturday against St Johnson the week before. <laughs> we mentioned reaction, we really need a reaction now. And there's no there's no better place to do it than Castle Grayskull. And, that, and that, is the, <laughs> that is the optimistic way to look at it. Yes, it's been a, a, a poor couple of games, but if we get a response, that could be huge for us on Sunday. Just to mention the, the start at the start, the, the start that nobody really wanted to hear. That came from at Celtic FC Trivia on Twitter. Good account and, and well worth following. Uh, he's got more optimistic stats than that I, as well. I hope so. so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's take a look at what's coming up on this week's show. First up, it's a focus on Callum McGregor and on what all of a sudden looks like his biggest challenge since becoming captain of Celtic as he looks to steer the team away from our early season frustrations. Speaking of frustrations, Seat Haksabanovic has vented his annoyance on social media following a lack of game time since he's moved to Celtic. We look at whether he was justified in doing so and what may be next for the Montenegrin international. Then it's time for a new challenge for the boys as the path to paradise is replaced by the 11th man, a new feature which we'll be running with for the foreseeable future. And finally, we close out the show with our listener's question, which comes from Graham in Dublin and focuses on a key decision Brendan Rodgers will have to make this weekend at Ibrox. OK, let's get started with the captain and with the part he's played as Celtic have got off to this sluggish start to the season. Paddy's, of course, been one of our main players for some time, but do you think it's fair to ask the question of Callum McGregor following some poor recent performances? Um, absolutely. We we will ask the question. I think what we have to remember is what what credit he has in the bank. I've said this quite a lot about Callum McGregor. Um, this is a a new setup. Um, this is a new kind of style that that Rogers is, is bringing into this midfield. He will trust his own process, Brendan Rogers, and he will see that he thinks that this is what's going to work down the line for us. It worked for for him when he was with us the first time when we seen Scott Brown basically move into almost that kind of anchoring role um, and dictating the play from where he was. McGregor under Ange was similar to that, but always had that support from the two inverted fullbacks and also get him, got himself involved further up the park as well. I don't think he's been given that freedom as much this, this season so far. Um, the big thing for Callum McGregor, and I kind of touched upon this after the, the Comanet game, is that it comes down to trust. It comes down to trust about who, who he's playing with and if those players are going to be in the right position, he will be looking at what he's got coming up from his fullbacks, and I don't think he trusts it as much as he maybe did last season. Um, and he'll be also looking about who he's got as his centre-halves as well, and he can use them to try and get the ball out from, from difficult positions. He's a clever player, but also I, I, I generally see a little bit of doubt in his mind and who he's, who he's playing the ball to, and that's the only thing I would put it down to. The only thing? Mm -hmm. I really would. I, I I still think he's the best, for me, he's the best player at the club and you don't drop off like that. I just think it's a change. I think he needs to get adjusted to who he's playing alongside. But also, it's worrying that if he thinks who he's playing alongside isn't cutting the grade, I would trust his judgment on that. I really would. Okay, and we'll get into the finer detail of that. It's a, it's a very valid point. Sinky, you were strong in your defence of Kalmak just last week. Do you see it as, as just a dip in form or, or anything else to it? A, a dip in form, maybe a lack of confidence. But as I said, he's got, a, he's got an existing relationship with Rodgers for his previous tenure. So there's no better person to deliver the manager's message than, than the skipper. So 
it's a, a mixture of things. Paddy's obviously mentioned the trust. He sees everything that's going on about him. Um, he might see a dip in the quality around about him. Obviously, losing the likes of Jot and stuff like that. But I said he will come good. I've no doubt about yeah. it. Paddy mentioned he's got a lot of credit in the bank uh, over the last few years. Um, he's his trophy hall proves that uh, he will come good. You know, but I think just at the moment, it's, uh, obviously he's the he's an integral part of the team, but. The rest of them as well. Nobody's on form at the moment, it looks like, but he's the one that obviously used to, obviously you're used to pulling the strings, regardless if he's playing in the six or a wee bit further afield, but he's no something's no clicking at the moment. So he signed a new five year deal just in July, as we all know. He'll be thirty five by the time that expires in summer twenty twenty eight. Um, Sinky, you mentioned it there, he's won 20 major honours at Celtic, including five trebles. Just phenomenal numbers. Um, Paddy, but straight question, was it overly generous to give a 30-year-old a five-year deal? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we look at um, the resurgence in Scott Brown when, when Brendan Rodgers came in and what he delivered for this team. Um, I think that you can really, really see the the class that he brings and what he has brought to the, the teams that have come in over the last two seasons. Um, because as much as obviously we we um, credit Ange for everything he'd done for us, a lot of that goes down to the environment in the dressing room which was created by by Callum McGregor. I still think he's got way more in the engine than we, we let on. I just think he's been a bad couple of games, more so just he's not got the quality around him at the moment. There was a moment in the game, wasn't there, maybe with about 10-15 minutes to go, Celtic were obviously pressing and pressing quite high, but uh, St Johnson broke and they got the the ball out to somebody kind of high up on the left-hand side. And Callum McGregor showed that engine. You know, he, you know, he got up into top gear and overtook the guy, won the ball back and, and retained possession. So the legs are still there. Do you know, it's easy and lazy when a player turns 30 just to say, ah, you know, father time's got up with him and stuff like that. Um, I'd mentioned it in a recent recording that someone was on our Twitter or YouTube just saying he's done. That's Callum McGregor done. And being quite strong on it, he's done, time's caught up with him. It's been a decline over the last few years and it's finally there. What, what's um, he been watching over the last few years? I, mean, I don't know, that. You know, some people form strange opinions, but you can see that, you know, we need to be careful, don't we, about overreacting at times because we're four games into a season and right now we're covering a section on Callum McGregor. But it's valid to question just where he's at and it's, as I say, it's an easy and potentially lazy argument just to say, ah, he's 30 and that's it, end of the road. But you make a good point, Paddy, and I'd like to pick up on it in terms of what's next to him. We've gone from a system last season of inverted fullbacks where you had uh, Greg Taylor on the left-hand side and either Alistair Johnson or Tony Ralston on the right-hand side who as soon as Celtic got on the ball, they joined him in the midfield. They became, you know, central midfielders, you know, in everything but name. So all of a sudden McGregor had that reliability and that those reinforcements either side of him. Which then did allow him to be creative and go and do his thing. Knowing that if, if he, he were to give up possession or if his teammates were, then you've got that real cover there. Now he doesn't have that and, and all of a sudden he looks a bit isolated, doesn't he? He does, you know, um, especially with Matt O'Reilly, he's kind of taken on board a kind of new role, uh, more box to box, so he's kind of leaving himself exposed, so he's a, usually a writer, you know, should have been inverted fullbacks getting close to him, playing little triangles and stuff like mm -hmm. that, but he is, he is more is more exposed. And as well, I mean, we mentioned about the left-backs and right-backs getting used to not playing the, the inverted fullback role, but it might be a bit of a change for McGregor as well, which you've, you've obviously just mentioned, so... That that being said, I said that last week as well. He's a he's a professional. He's an international footballer. He should learn. To, he needs to adapt and learn to adapt to to any system. But as I said, his Turnbull's been in and out. Um, O'Reilly's been a constant in mm -hmm. there as well. So he's playing with different different midfielders. But I, I still think we're crying out for an actual proper 
number six Victor Manyama type to, to win the ball back and let McGregor go further further up because I think you're right he's, he's very dynamic he's great, great at carrying the ball uh, in situations like they obviously seen on Saturday as well winning the ball back and, and driving us forward he's not getting the opportunity at the moment with the, with the way we're playing I, I would agree with you on that and I think that I, I wouldn't mind seeing him in that position as well I don't have any doubt that he could do it I think that anyone getting into the position he's at just now is going to struggle though. Anyone getting into that, that that role that he's playing just now. And I, I kind of go back to, obviously I'm speaking about the fullbacks and them coming out and bringing the ball out, being in those positions ready to take the ball, like you say, play, play into a few triangles around that area. That's gone now. But the other big issue that we're facing at the moment, and I, I think everyone will agree with what we've seen on Saturday, the pace in which we were bringing the ball out from the back was ridiculous. It was far too slow far too slow so the minute you're looking for your captain who's going to be the next link into the midfield he's covered he, he, he kept on getting marked out of the game because Scales and Lagerbielke just were not moving the ball quick enough and if you looked at Starfield if you looked at Carter Vickers the recycling of the ball was a lot more sharper mm -hmm. than what we've seen on Saturday and I just don't think we've had that constant run of a, a settled back line or like you say a set, a two centre like mids that are in front of him it's not been settled enough yet. So I, I, I don't doubt McGregor at all. I really don't. Sinky, you made the point um, recently, Derek McInnes had highlighted stop Callum McGregor playing stop Celtic. And from a St. Johnson point of view, they, you've seen it time after time, they were so happy to let Scales and Lagerbielka bring it forward and they weren't engaging with them until around about 10 yards inside the St. Johnson half. So Liam Scales, you know, thinking of Starfelt that you mentioned there, Starfelt, you know, cumbersome as he looked on the ball, he'd get out of his feet in two or three touches and it was gone. I counted one time Liam Scales and I'm thinking, six, seven, eight touches, what's going on here? And he was creeping into their half and as soon as he got in their half, he just didn't know what to do. And I'm I'm quite um, reluctant to criticise Liam Scales here because it's not Liam Scales' uh, fault that he was put in that position on Saturday. I don't think he should be at Celtic, I don't think it's his level. Yeah. And I think, listen... You ask one of us, we'd have thrown our shirt on and played on Saturday, of course you would. But I think Liam Scales has become the scapegoat. I thought there was an unfair tension every time he got the ball. I thought that the crowd got on his back and... I'm sorry, Dino, but I, I, I would disagree with that. I think that, you know, you, you make that clear then. If you're not ready to play at that level, you shouldn't be at the club. And I understand that he's been kept on throughout the summer. Um, but it wasn't just Scales that was involved in that. I have to question Lagerbielke, albeit it's very, very early days in his career. But I don't see... Any, anything that's promising in that front as well. I don't have the sample size to look at Lagerbielka and what he's done and what he might do. I know Liam Skills isn't good enough and I don't think it's his fault that Celtic have mismanaged the situation to put him there. I just think from a supporter's point of view, uh, and listen, we can get into detail about you know, booing at half-time, let alone booing at full-time, but I just think the tension went up tenfold when he got on the ball, almost steering him into making errors. I think he's a guy that isn't ready for Celtic, you know, for being frank about it. But I think there was a lack of support for him as well. Well, maybe different that part, and that's cool. But I just think that he's he, he shouldn't be anywhere near it at this yeah. moment in no, time. Yeah. Do, do you know what team we're going to we're going to keep him? We're going to keep him right. So he's not going to probably go to Aberdeen now. He's going to play maybe two games after the window, and then we'll kick a body January, for, potentially. So I know I know he's not he's not the level, and it gives me the fear. Um, about next Sunday and potentially a Champions League game mm -hmm. uh, coming up as well but to be fair as is in his level it's not the boy's fault he's been thrown in there um, he had a decent season at Aberdeen um, hence the reason why they want him back um, but yeah we need to <laughs> what, what, can you, what can you do? He's, he's, still, he's, there's not much you can do with that situation but it's still St Johnston lads I, know um, I, I take nothing away from them but they've won one game this season and, and that's including the League Cup games at, at, 
I'd still think that he, he he looked unfit and you know we're still very very early in the season I question that as well I really do yeah it's a good point in terms of the opposition um, he's, I'm sure he's played against St Johnson before but it's one thing playing for Aberdeen against St Johnson where a draw isn't a disaster or even a defeat isn't a disaster whereas at Celtic there's just so much tension yeah. especially given where we were at last week at Kilmarnock where he didn't feature at all by the way and all of a sudden he's thrown in listen make it back to Callum McGregor we've gone way <laughs> off topic um, so the question is what is the solution so we've agreed that McGregor's potentially isolated he's potentially suffering because he's not got decent options around him whether it's inverted fullbacks or, or decent you know, colleagues in midfield so what is the option Paddy do we go two in the base of the midfield McGregor and someone else sitting like what he used to do with Scott Brown uh, under uh, Brendan Rodgers or do we still need to fill that gap where someone else becomes that number six and four sir, the Wanyama type and let Calmat go and be a genuine attacking midfielder I think if we were to sign someone like that yes it would be brilliant to see but I still see a lot of pressure on that player until the right players are back in and, in and around him mm-hmm. um, I think for me I I, I can see Rodgers being f- fairly stubborn with something like this and I don't think he'll upset what he's probably tried to implement throughout the full summer and albeit yes we haven't had the signings and some players haven't left that were maybe supposed to leave I also do think that he has been really unlucky with the injuries that this team is facing at the moment as well and it's that settled back line which I think is is going to be crucial for us this season if once we get that that's when I think we start to see that role that McGregor is playing at the moment start to really bear fruit um, but at the moment it's just there's no trust in what's behind them and it's like for example we've spoke about the erraticness of Joe Hart over some of these games there's no trust in what's in front of them You might be right um, you know what we've seen time after time under Andrew is Kalmak dropping into that pocket that very deep pocket with his back to the opposition goal and taking it off Joe Hart or Carter Vickers on scales and setting the next attack in motion that's not happening just now that's definitely changed and it looks like it's been stifled so yeah you know Maybe there's a bit of Kalmak's fault. You know, players can go off form. Maybe the system plays a huge part. Here's a question I put it to Kush when we done the post-match. Um, I'm not suggesting this for a second for Ibrox before anyone jumps on it, but if his form doesn't improve, should he be dropped, captain or not? No. That's, cool. a, that's, a, that's what I've got. I'm really? Just, just that. No, no. no. I can, can I ask you? It's a 100% yes for me. I don't care if you're captain or whatever you are. If you've got 100 trophies for Celtic, if you're not doing it, you're not doing it. And I think we need to put this sentimentality to the side, Andrew would have dropped him if it wasn't working. And I think, and listen, he's credit in the bank is, is the term, Paddy, and you're absolutely spot on. So this isn't a cry for him to be dropped right now. He's got a bit to go before he gets to that. But if we come out of Ibrox, come out the international break and a few games pass and it's still not happening for him and the team's settled down, yeah, I think he should be dropped like anybody else. Okay, okay. I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I think that, that you gauge that when you have a settled settled team I but don't it think I it, don't make, it makes for more drama if I say it now I know I know and I've, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I see what you're doing here there's, <laughs> so, many, there's so many captains that get dropped and, and I know but why not I'll tell you something I don't, I don't, I, I just think I don't think would have dropped him Rangers have suffered for years for not dropping James Tavernier after woeful defensive performances he's cost them time after time against Celtic and they've never dropped him because he's a captain and that's been a... It takes a, penal- takes a penalties, mate. Well, there's, there's plenty of them. <laughs> exactly. But I think that's been a flaw and I don't think Celtic or any club should be blinded by the fact that he wears the armband so I know he's been really, really poor for weeks but you can't drop him. I, I, think, I just don't think that should be a, a hard and fast rule at any club. I still only think it's only three games. I no, really as, do. As, uh, and as I'm saying, I don't want to make it an overreaction right now. He absolutely should and will lead us out of Ibrox and beyond but it's just if we get a bit further down the line and he doesn't manage to kind of pull it back for any reason to previous form 
Uh, I just wanted to see, see what your reaction <laughs> was like. Well, I said, I, I was going to ask a, a, a question moving on from that about what does a midfield at Celtic look like without Kalmak, but I don't know if he's entertaining. I thought that. you were going to say should we sell him before the end of this one. You get a few quiddies on a five year deal. I'm just remember, we're, we're talking about signing number sixes. We've, we've bought a couple under the name to be seen. Aye. I know, I mean, we've got Quan, we've got Awata. Tiago Home didn't feature at all on Saturday, which I thought was surprising. Um, I know he wasn't great against Kilmarnock, but at Celtic Park, you might have thought he'll go and do something there in the in the big pitch, but yeah. it wasn't to be. The other huge part, of course, about Callum McGregor is, is the stuff he does that we probably don't see, you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff, the welcoming new players to the club and, and letting them know what Celtic's all about. He's obviously one of like a fairly small handful of, of homegrown players. There's him, James A. Forrest, Tony Ralston, Greg Taylor. And there's such a huge part to play, Sinky, out with what he does in the park. I know, even some of the sound bites as well, you see, when he's when he's giving instructions to the players in the warm-up and stuff. But yeah, I mean, a Celtic club captain, they do a lot of stuff. I mean, as you mentioned, Brown was an absolute legend at all that kind of stuff. And McGregor's obviously seen that <laughs> at close hand and he's kind of taken that mantle on for him. But, you know, but you're right, he does all of that in the background. And, and, and I mentioned at the start, he is the one who should be Betraying the manager's messages to the guys, and it's it's interesting because as I as mentioned, he's, he's played with Rogers before, so he, he should be telling the players, "This is how this guy plays." Do you know what I mean this is how this is his system? Get used to it. I, I just think he is he's he's the main man for sure. He's the captain, and he, and he's and his role within that captain role is is to integrate new players, mm-hmm. um, do all the press stuff. But being the captain of Celtic comes with so much responsibility and I think he's great at it. And I've, I can't fault him at all. I think he's an excellent captain too and, I, and I'm not saying that he's not. It's just in terms of what he's bringing, just in terms of his playing stuff at the moment. He, but he has set really high standards for himself and his teammates, Paddy, throughout his years. He's been at Celtic since he was nine, so over 20 years at the club. And to Sinky's point there, he does have a huge responsibility within that role to, to carry the manager's message. He's his on-field general. He's the guy that says, right, if the manager wants this, this is what we must do. You, you'll have heard Joe Hart talking pre-match uh, for St. Johnson to say, we're all on board. They repeated it a couple of times, we're all on board. It was almost in response to some of the criticism that they'll have heard over the last seven days or so. And there is a suggestion that some of the players aren't quite buying in. And if that's the case, it's up to Callum McGregor. He does have a responsibility to go and hammer home that message and make sure they're absolutely clear on it. Absolutely. And I think that he he will. I really do. I don't see him sitting on his hands and watching this kind of unfold uh, the way it has this season. There will be an element of those that have downed tools already. Um, that's fine. That's fine. That's football. We understand that happens. I've said this before. We have a very big squad. We have a very big squad. And that is a, an issue created by Celtic. So that needs to get addressed as well. So there are only... You're not going to get what... 29 players all buying in or 30 odd players buying into what you want to do it's impossible football doesn't work that way we know that um, so he'll work with the ones that really want to do that I think that the like you you mentioned uh, along the lines of someone like Liam Scales I think there are those in that team that are having to be utilised at the moment that know their ability know their boundaries and know what they can play at it's bringing the best out as much as you possibly can with those guys that'll be McGregor's focus other than those putting out obviously their, their Instagram posts that we've seen at the weekend and I know we'll speak about Haxibanovic but there will be that pettiness there and it's how you as, as a team and how you as a club address that um, I remember like the little pet, petty uh, remarks made from uh, Jackie Marcus before he left and to be honest as much as I think a few of the guys were disappointed to see him leave it didn't affect anything it didn't affect anything in what we were doing on the park 
So again, that goes back to how how is that happening? Is that because there's leaders in that team that basically say that's not the focus, that's that person's career, that's that person's time here, that person's time here at Celtic. We are still here, we still want to play, we still want to win for this team. That's what that's the people he needs to focus on for me. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good point because Sinky, with a squad of, of 30 plus players, you know that some guys have got a foot out the door. There's guys that will almost definitely leave by the, the end of the window, you know, whether that's real fringe players like a Yetis and whoever else, James McCarthy, guys like that, or it might be guys that have got half a foot in the door. Liam Scales wouldn't have expected to be here. No. So Callum McGregor's having to motivate a guy who's he probably had half a foot up in Aberdeen. You know, it's that kind of stuff. And there's a, I don't know, maybe a core of 18 guys who will be the guys moving forward. But at the moment, it's so disjointed. And such is the nature of modern football, isn't it? If the window, as we know, doesn't close till four or five games into your season, then what can you do? But you know that as a leader, whether it's a captain or the manager, you're sometimes addressing a group and you know that they're, they're probably not even listening to you at times. And that, that's that's for the guys. But also you've got to factor in the fact that obviously you've got a new, a new manager and some players would prefer their old the old manager style, the old the old manager's man management style, all these different things. So I mean we mentioned it in the show last week about obviously the signings have been made. They're on signings pretty much, right? So a lot of these guys will be thinking, I don't like this. This isn't for me. I like the old way. Right? I like I like the old way of playing ball. So you know what it's like in work or any even a, you know, a football team when you get a new gaffer in, you sometimes click with them, you sometimes don't. Yeah. You identify quite quickly, right? Who you click with, who you don't click with. So there'll be that in there as well. That like there'll be guys and they're going, I like I miss a bit of Ange ball. I like the way we used to play, um, and I think that that mentally will, they'll switch off. What's annoying is that every time you pick up your phone or turn on Sky Sports, it's just Ange everywhere. <laughs> they absolutely I love know. him, and it's doing my nothing. I just, just, wa- I just, just watch Robbie Williams sing it, singing about him. That, uh, that, uh, could you watch that? My God, that make you sick. But <laughs> you know, yeah, was it Joe Cole and Peter Crouch were just loving his chat at the weekend? They, they cannot get enough of him. He's a, he's a breath of fresh air down there. And I wonder if some of these guys that you're referring to think you will see and go, oh, there's there's old Ange. I love Ange. But listen, we need to move on. We spoke about it last week. We'll not dwell on it. These guys have paid a lot of money yeah. to get on board with whatever the message is. And they need to get on board or get out because there's a, a huge season ahead for Celtic. Um, and there's no doubt, Paddy, that Callum McGregor, he'll be as frustrated as anybody. You know, he's given a huge chunk of his life to Celtic and certainly his, you know, his whole professional career so far. And it'll be great on him and he'll be keen to turn this around. You touched on the international stuff, Sinky, and interestingly, he's at this moment in time the only Celtic player representing the Scottish national team. The rest have all been fired out Greg Taylor's early form hasn't you know worked for him he's out the, t- the squad Tony Ralston's back out the squad Turnbull despite playing more games is out the squad James Forrest has been fringed for a while so McGregor continues to to kind of fly the flag for Scotland from a, a Celtic point of view but into the bargain it's just more games more games more games he rarely gets a rest and if we're looking for reasons as to why he, he has dipped in form you could add that to the mix as well Paddy Yeah you could I think over the, what, the last three or four seasons I think this is possibly one of his uh, his first almost full summer breaks um, and even then he still had the internationals in June um, I think that we, we, we do forget that as well but for me I don't see a player that's burnt out in the slightest I really don't I just see a player that's just a little bit disjointed at the moment and that's, that is it can happen Yeah, you can burn out in two ways you can burn out physically or you can burn out mentally uh, and, and there's a lot of pressure there that we maybe don't see um, Matt Riley was speaking quite recently about where he's at headwise and stuff. And I think actually just very quickly on Matt Riley, despite missing a couple of decent half chances anyway, 
Um, he said he's been one of the few kind of shining lights. He said a good start to the season, more or less. But there's not enough of them. You know, there's not enough guys that have. I was going to say, hopefully, Forrest gets strapped. I know Forrest, uh, can we get a strap for Scotland instead of sailing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Fingers crossed, eh? Um, but listen, we'll start to wrap this one up. But to your you know overarching point, Paddy, huge credit in the bank. This is certainly not a call for him to be dropped or, or cast aside. He's a huge part of the plans, isn't he? He's going to be key to everything that Brendan Rodgers is trying to implement. And as you said, Sinky, there's no better time to try and find that form than on Sunday at Ibrox. But any final words, Paddy, before we move on from this one? I just think we we look at things like that in, in the next month. I'm, I'm with you in the sense of it'll be interesting to see if we do go into a bad result at the weekend and then we've got an international break. It will be interesting to see the shape of the squad after that. And I think that that's when you maybe say you can you can properly judge Callum McGregor and where he's at for this season. Um, that that would be the only point I have in that. I still think he's he's by far for me the best midfielder in the country. Um, I think he's an incredible player, and I, th- there's just no doubt in my mind it'll kick on once he once it's settled a bit more. He will kick on. On Sunday, we woke up to a huffy wee post on social media from Sead Haksabanovic, who seems to be feeling underappreciated by the club at this moment in time. I'm sure most people have seen it, but if you haven't, it's a uh, it's a black and white picture of him in his number nine shirt walking off the park. Injured. Is he injured? Probably. Uh, always get his arm around him and the, the caption says, if they don't see your value, maybe you're not in the right place. And Sinky, I don't quite know where to start with it, but what was your initial reaction on oh, seeing it? You know, I was absolutely fuming. Um, I get social media as a platform for, the, obviously it's a personal brand, they market themselves, but chat the manager's door, have a word, don't, don't, put your dirty laundry out in public for God's sake so it's uh, I was very frustrated and I think um, speaking to the majority of the boys uh, on every group chat I'm on <laughs> everybody wants them out they want them gone on the back of that you, you don't you don't do that and especially a guy I mean after the back of the, the team performance mm-hmm. right he's more about his value it's not about you mate right. do you know what I mean I, I don't get me wrong. If, if we're playing well and we're winning games and he's not getting a, he's not getting a shot right then okay, maybe get away with it, but no, no in the back of that man, come on. Yeah, I mean, let's even just look at you know him individually. It's, you know, the, the team is struggling just now, and the last thing you need is an individual coming out and making it about him. But Paddy, you'll have heard me talking off and off. I'm a huge fan of him as a talent. I think you can clearly see he's a talented football player, but he's not having the impact. Um, Stevie, that we know well, Stevie's you know making the point that he must get frustrated watching a badder and Maeda making mistakes time after time. That's fine if when Haksabanovic is getting his chance, he's setting the world alight. And he definitely isn't. That's the problem. He's just not done it for Celtic in the time he's been here. So stats-wise, played 42 times for Celtic, 13 starts, only 13 starts, uh, five goals and four assists. Just in terms of this season alone, so in the four games, he wasn't in the squad on day one against Ross County. He was a sub not used against Aberdeen. He got the last 15 against Kelly last week and he got the last half hour or so against St. Johnson. So... Your numbers need to be better than that, Paddy, if you want to throw the toys at the pram. They do, and to kind of go on to what Stevie uh, replied with to the the Twitter post about, obviously, um, his Instagram post, I think I can see potentially where the frustration lies when you you look at the the form of of Maeda, you look at the form of Leela Bada. They've not really started this season at all. They've not really kicked off at all. And he'll be sitting wondering, where am I going to get my chance to have an impact from the, the... the very get-go. We've always said in this show that when he does come on as a sub, he tries too hard. He tries too much um, and misses the simple ball sometimes, misses the 
this the simple set of play and ends up making too many mistakes. Um, but for me, I was actually discussing, well, we were discussing as a group uh, the other night there. I wonder if Rogers has said, no, that's it. And that, that's why this post has came out. I, I wonder if that chat's happened already. And he's one of the ones that's possibly been told, move on. I think I think there's maybe something in that. Um, and that's just a nice come get me card, putting a post out like that. Yeah. Because that'll free up some nice wages as well. I wouldn't be surprised. It would do. The, the thing for me about him, as I say, I, I think he's clearly a talented guy, but if he wants to be a winger at Celtic, he'll, he'll need to find some pace from somewhere because he's not shown it so far. So if he has to replace Abada or Maeda, I just don't think... Brido, who does some of the, the pre and post-match stuff for us, made this very point. He's got the skill to beat his man, but he doesn't seem to have the pace to get on the end of it or get to byline. How often have we seen him hit the byline and clip across in for Celtic? True, but I don't always think that that's the sign of a winger. I think it's a, a, a brilliant... Uh, asset to have um, but I don't always think that that's the, the be all and end all is getting to the byline a lot of our goals are made through getting it across the, the middle of the box as well um, before cutting it back um, something that actually James Forrest is particularly good at um, in, in his heyday but I think for, for someone like Haksabanovic he's young and there's been a few injuries and it's it's all coming down to the attitude from him Yeah, he's, he's 24 years of age Um he, he spent the summer getting diamonds in his teeth and highlights in his hair and maybe less time sprint training, which might have done him some favours. Yeah. I just think, um, you're right, there's different ways to, to play out wide, but Rodgers and uh, Ange Postacoglu were big on wide men, staying high and wide and getting to the byline and getting in behind defences. He, to me, seems more of a footballer who would be really suited to a team who's looking for a creative number 10 yeah. to sit in that pocket behind your striker and and pick holes and pick passes and, and chip in with the odd goal. I don't think there's a place for that in this current Rodgers setup. albeit I've no idea what this setup is right now because <laughs> no, it's such a mystery, but I just don't think he fits. I know what you mean. And I think we we on the show were actually crying out for him to maybe get, get be given a chance in the 10 under Ange last year. Um, I, I, it, it looked very congested when he came on against uh, Kilmarnock, albeit, yeah, he should definitely have had a penalty. But I don't think he knows what's around him. That's that's a big issue I've always kind of noticed about him. I don't think he's very aware um, of where he is on the park at points and who is around him. And when he was in that position, that that pretty much showed. I can't remember much from him on Saturday, to be honest. I'm trying to think about I it. I thought he'd done okay on Saturday. And, right. and, and I came away from the game saying that. He, he looked like he, he was trying to make things happen. Maybe, as, as you've alluded to, trying too hard again. But I, I couldn't follow him on Saturday. My initial, you know, this is pre-social media posts mm -hmm. I was I was in his camp I'm saying well at least he tried at least he showed he cared and then he comes out with his stupid Instagram post and on that Paddy I think he's obviously made his feelings known about it but is that just how the modern player operates you know gone are the days of knuckling down working hard showing a bit of character being a man about it and chapping the, the manager's door and saying can I speak to you about what, what the future might hold it seems he's just gone full 24 year old and just put out a wee huffy post I don't think it's the way of the all modern footballers, I think I think that's just total petulance from him, to be honest. Um, I, I'm a big believer that the, the the players and the manager still have that connection. And I still think that you do see it. And anyone that kind of does down tools or spits a dummy, it's addressed. It's addressed, but it's mainly kept indoors. And if it's not going the right way, that's when we start hearing rumours of they want out, they want out. It's not a direct social media post. It's the fact that Burnley being Vatters liked it. I, I know, I know. Is that next? Yeah, that's my next question. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I don't know how far you go with it, right? So Hank Sabanovich is obviously the man who's put the post out, so that's on him. 
But then, you know, a couple of teammates, Burnaby, uh, Rocco Vata, and I think O have all liked the post. Now, I don't know how far you take it as a club, you know, as a man. Has Brendan Rodgers, has he got someone reporting back saying, breaking news, boss, someone else has liked the post? You know, like, how does it go? Does he then pull all of them into the office and say, right, you you cut out your social media posts and you cut out the likes and if he's Burnaby retweeting these things or whatever, how, where do you stop with all it? It's just... It's part of the modern game, isn't it? It's crazy. It's uh, honestly, Burnaby. After the last few weeks, he's had he should have he should have been liking that. He was <laughs> he, be, he was rotten. When he, he, should knuck, he should be knuckling down. I mean, we're stuck by him. I, I know he slept in for the meeting, but also done the, with the driving stuff as well. So we're stuck by him. Um, he should have slept in for Saturday. I, I think he oh did. My God. I think he did. I think he just got his bed, uh, yeah. and that is potentially leaving uh, before Friday. Um, I don't know what was up to. I don't know what his game is. He's injured. He, he's, <laughs> he's when playing. he's been fit, he's not had much game time. It's for different reasons. Those fellas, Burnaby, Fat and O, they all find themselves in a similar position to Haxabanovic. They're certainly not flavour of the month. I just wonder as well, Sinky, um, changing manager and all that stuff. I don't think it would have happened under Ange. And I actually don't think it would have happened with Scott Brown as captain either. Is um, this just young guys just being a bit bold? Does it show us, you know, does it show a lack of. Discipline in the camp. I don't know. It, it, it's it hard did to happen say. under Ange, though. It did. did it? Uh, Jack and Marcus. Hi, but what, look what happened. I know, <laughs> I, but I think he was already out the door, to be honest, Tino. But it did. And I think, if I'm memory serves me right, I think there was a few players, part of the books, still part of the books now, that liked that post as well. But Ange brushed it off. Like, if, you know, if you, that's how you want to vent your frustration, go on Instagram and do he's, that. He's brushed it off publicly, but I can, I can assure you he's no brushed it off in house. That's what I mean. <laughs> aye, like, aye, 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 aye. How, how clever he is about aye. it. Listen, um, it, there is zero place for it. There's zero place. I always remember the, the story of Alex Ferguson uh, when Wayne Rooney spat a dummy and ended up with 300 grand a week at Man United. And Alex Ferguson walked into the office the next day and handed in his resignation. And they said, why? And he said, no one earns more than the manager. I think that just needs to, that, that needs to be the message to all players. No one earns more than the manager. I know it doesn't work in football nowadays, but I think that that, that discipline for what you have for your players, they need to know who is in charge. And if they're already having that doubt, then get rid of them. Go. I'd agree with you. Uh, but the power balance has shifted so much in football and gone other days. Fergie was probably kind of last of a dying breed, wasn't he? You know, it's you know, if you want to go right back into Jock Steens and Shankly and Busby and Brian Cloughs and all these guys, Martin O'Neill even, that's done now. And players hold all the cards. And it's a wee bit different here in Scotland, but certainly in the Premier League, the players earning two, three hundred grand a week. It's just, it's ludicrous. Um, last question, I suppose. Um, does he have a future, Sankey? Just straight out, you know, is that is that enough just to cast him aside that in addition to the stats I've read out? Or if he squared himself up, had a clear there with the manager, is there a future for a, a player like Sead Haksabanovic? I don't believe so. I think his timing's absolutely ridiculous. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping he's he's out by Friday, you know, honestly. I, I think he's already been told he's going and that's where it's came for. I do. I and I tell you what, I, I definitely think there is a player there. I'm, I'm with you, but he's really going to need to change his attitude. Yeah, I'd lean towards your opinion, Paddy. I think you might be right. I think he might already have been told, Aye. go and find another club, which would be a shame because he's a talented guy. We get excited about him when he came Aye. in at first. We thought he was going to be something, but doesn't look like that's going to happen. But it's quite immature by him. And to your point, Sinky, let's just see where we're at come Friday night. The, the chance at West Ham, I think he's the same kind of... That attitude West Ham and, and, uh, Injuries and stuff like that They played by West Ham didn't they? Did they? Mm-hmm. Aye mm-hmm. He was West Ham And it was the same kind of So he went over there at a young age I think he was 17 with West Ham And then it was same kind of Attitude and stuff like that And Celtic gave him a bit of a, a bit of a life Let me get back on a, a, a decent stage Aye. And he's And he's He's blown it Pretty much so Adios amigo
<laughs> is that Montenegrin? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd forgot the West Ham link passed me by, but that's Albion Ayeti they've given us and Taksimanovic. And you can throw Carlton Cole into the mix as well. Why are we still speaking to West Ham <laughs> for, for what they keep doing? But let's see if Taksimanovic is still at the club come Saturday morning. Okay, let's look at the new feature. As I say, it's the 11th man, so Path to Paradise is no more. And I'll introduce how the 11th man is going to work. So again, it's all pretty straightforward, but the way it goes is that I'll read out a well-known Celtic starting 11, usually from fairly recent times. Uh, but crucially, I'll miss one player out, and all you have to do is tell me who the 11th man is. All good? All clear with that? Yep. So I'll give you the game in question first of all. Celtic v Aberdeen, Scottish Cup final, Saturday 27th of May 2017. It's the Invincible treble. It's the culmination of Brendan Rodgers' first season in charge. The starting 11 Sinky is as follows. Craig Gordon, Mikael Lustig, Kieran Tierney, Blank, Josef Zeminovic, Callum McGregor, Scott Brown, Stuart Armstrong, Paddy Roberts, Lee Griffiths and Scott Sinclair. Have a wee think while we play this next message. Well, the guys are figuring that one out. A short reminder that if you like what we do here at the Celtic Exchange, then you can hear even more from us throughout the week by joining the Celtic Exchange Plus. At the Celtic Exchange Plus, we provide pre- and post-match podcasts for every Celtic game, as well as a number of other exclusive subscriber benefits. All you have to do is visit theCelticExchange.com slash plus right now for full details and to start your free trial. More podcasts, more reaction, more Celtic, all on the Celtic Exchange Plus. He's got it. Oh, we'll a bit of deliberation there, Paddy. What he's what we're saying. Go ahead. I need his full name, please. <laughs> Is it? We'll get a beep out. Yeah, that's correct. Yes, so, uh, <laughs> first time lucky and all that stuff. We'll use today as a dummy run. We'll start keeping scores from next week onwards. Right, okay. We'll run this feature for the rest of the season. I think it's got legs in it and potential for it to get a lot harder, which which will be fun for me. It, def it definitely had me thinking, just in case of any injuries, I definitely, aye. What was a couple of other suggestions then? So we'll beep out the right answer, but any other guys that you're thinking of? Callum Davidson. <laughs> 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 so, for anyone that doesn't oh, realise <laughs> what Sinky's referring to, Sinky and I done the, the pre-match for the St. Johnson game on Friday, I think it was, and I was waxing lyrical about Callum Davidson. Hey, listen, he's... he's He's a good guy. I've met him before. He's got a tough job there at St. Johnson. You lose your best players year on year and he'll have them set up well and well organised. I was way into my, my chat. Sinky cuts me short and says, hey, he gets sacked in April. You know, it's, it's Stephen McLean. I was so, waiting uh, on you, mate. I was waiting on you. A few uh, folk were delighted to see me uh, make an arse of that. No, not as delighted as Sinky was. Oh, no, he um, but yeah, so you've got that one right. But as I say, we'll start keeping score from next week. It should be a good feature uh, for the season ahead. We'll post the team lineup minus the 11th man across Twitter and Instagram on Tuesday morning. So if you want to have a guess, let us know there and we'll select some lucky winners to receive a bonus 14-day trial of the Celtic Exchange Plus. Time for this week's listener's question, which today comes from Graham in Dublin, a good friend of the show. So Graham asks the following. Lots of problems, of course, around at the moment, lads, but how do you see the centre-half position playing out when we head over to Ibrox? Looks a real problem position to me at the moment. So how do you think it's going to play there? And how do you think it's going to go against a Rangers team and probably going to lump loads of balls into the box? Yep, so as Graham says... Lots of problems in general at Celtic at the moment, but definitely the centre-half position given us most of the headaches. So, first of all, how do you see it going uh, over at Ibrox? And then beyond that, do we think that's a tactic Rangers will deploy in terms of going big to the... or sort of going, you know, high to the, the big guys in the box? Your initial thoughts, Sinky? Yeah, I'm worried about this. As, as Graham said, I'm pretty worried about it. Uh, on Saturday, a couple of balls over the top causes some, some problems. 
you're not going to get an easy, easy, easy day work there. They'll be, they'll be going all out, especially at home with their fans, all the other fans behind them. It's going to be, well, it depends. But obviously, we got we get signings in, but it's not looking lightly at the moment. So it's going to be skills and Liverpool okay, basically together again. But I'm, I'm like Graham. It's causing me great concern. What I'm going to say as well is, um, you noticed against Kilmarnock, the minute they, they two got the ball. They're right on top of them. Rangers will be the exact same. They won't give them. They won't give them a minute. with the high press. So I've not got the. I've not got the answer. To what we do? We just need to make do with what we've got. Well, there is a question. So you said it's going to be skills and Lager Bielka. Is it? Is the first question, Paddy? Because I wonder if Brendan Rodgers is now looking at that. That there's two alternative scenarios. One, he signs somebody, and I've I've no doubt they're looking to sign someone, even if on a short term loan basis. They were looking at a guy from Southampton, a Brazilian who's gone to Qatar or something Aye. like that. Um, but I think, you know, it seems that they were looking for someone. So fingers crossed, first of all, that we maybe get someone of of note in. The alternative is, has he seen what's happened there at the weekend and thought, I can't go to Everix with that, I need to change it up. And I've got two suggestions for you. One is Iwata, who, hear me out, <laughs> who we know has played there in the past, although he's not covered himself in glory when playing there for Celtic, particularly at the end of last season. So there's one suggestion I've got another one which is even more left field and it's Tony Ralston. Just to sit in there and just be a robust centre-half type player. He's physical, he's strong, he wins his tackles, he wins his headers. We're going to come under pressure. Why not pair him with Lager Bielka rather than a Liam Scales who looked nervous on Saturday against St Johnson. You better believe he would get nervous at Ibrox on Sunday coming. So what do you think of the couple of suggestions? Um, I, I just think obviously with how, how difficult this is, if we don't sign anyone, then for me... Yeah, I I wouldn't be playing Liam Scales. Um, the Ralston debate, I've I've actually raised the same question to the to the guys about Ralston getting into that position. I think he would relish it. I think he's uh, he's definitely someone that knows exactly what that fixture is about. Um, and also, what like I go back to what I was saying very quick at releasing the the ball um, that with what we have at the moment, um, and I think that suits more into our game plan. But the other player that's very good and moving into the right position and very good at passing is Awata. Awata is, I don't think that that has been the issue. I think it's more just um, the the strength attributes and, and, and matching the, the the speed of the play that has just been the things that he's been dif he's found difficult. But anytime I've seen him, pardon me, anytime I've seen him in that, that midfield position, I can't, I can't really remember a bad performance from Awata. Um, in midfield I in midfield aye, aye and I think that maybe this is the risk we take depending on how we look to set up granted we lose a bit of height but you just need to be clever about where like they have played the same tactics for the last four seasons they want those fills outside the box on the wings they want to lump the ball into the box that is what you're up against you just need to be box clever and making sure you're, 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 you're approaching the game the right way to prevent that from happening I know it's easier said than done. I understand that. Um, but for me, I, I would be happy with either or. In the current situation, I'd be happy with either or starting alongside Lagerbielka. Either or of Ralston or... Awata. Yeah, yeah I would agree I was, with you. I was just going to ask you both. Well, you chip I'm, in. You're I'm, desperate. I'm scared. Season. I'm scared. I know. Same. same <laughs> you're right. Oh, oh no. I'm just, <laughs> all, all, three are, all, all three are giving me the fear. Scales, uh, scales planes give me the fear. Yep. Ralston dropping into Settler Horse give me the fear. And Awata coming out the cold give me, give me the absolute fear of God. Please sign someone. Please, uh, please I, I, th I think, yes, granted, I, oh. I, I agree with you on that as well, Sinky. But also part of me thinks that there's also that just little bit more of a settled backline in the sense that 
Ralston, Johnston and Taylor have been about each other for quite enough. They know what it's, this fixture's about as well. There is that element of it too. Awata, yeah, maybe not up to match speed. I was going to say, I'm sure it was, was it Rogers that played Calmack at left back? Yes. So he's got it in the locker to make these kind of he also played left wing decisions. Mikey Johnson up front on his own. Oh, Ibrox. So there's some Ibrox madness uh, in the locker. We, okay. we always love that, especially the first the first game of the season against them. Like the first time we played them, there's always something mental. Uh, I'll <laughs> certainly confuse them if nothing else. Uh, just on those players then, so the Lager Bielka will definitely start. So if you had to choose an order of Ralston, Scales and Iwata, what would your order of preference be then in terms of the partner for Lager Bielka? Scales. Skills first? Yes. Really? Just because he's his natural position. Mm. I know, I Just know, but I, enough, as man. I say, I keep saying it, we need to make it what we've got. Um, and then... Awata then Ralston is, is the third choice I, I, I just think putting a putting a right back into the half at Ibrox is I know, I, know, I know he knows what the fixture means and he's and he's, he's, a, he's, got a good, he's got a good tackle he's no bad in the air but it just gives me the honest like bad it gives me the fear of God that's <laughs> <laughs> me I think listen I, I know we're clutching at straws but I see I really do and if we don't sign anyone I, I, I get that this is the three that we're, we probably will be looking at but for me Ralston's probably m most up to speed than the other two and I just think it's that match sharpness is, is that getting the speed of the game and to be honest from what I've seen for the front line that's not concerning me that isn't concerning me and I think that that is what the risk you could possibly take and for someone that can get the ball out his feet quick enough Ralston's not too bad at that the, the more I've thought about it and now you haven't discussed it <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> the more I've chatted it through here I, I'm I'm all in on the Ralston move. All you'd be saying to him is, win your tackles, win your headers, and give it to someone who can play ball a bit better than you. Win it, move it on, win it, move it on. You, you just, you would just tell him to keep his game simple. I don't think he would have huge problems with those strikers as well. Rangers, the front men they've signed are a mixed bag. There's some real clumsiness amongst them, and it wouldn't be a huge fear. And you know Tony Ralston's, he's a real competitor, but he's, he's a good defender first and foremost. He's not a fantastic footballer, but he's a good defender. And I wonder if he'd just be a, a better bet guarantee it. Yeah, certainly mystery option C is signing something decent. <laughs> but if we, if we need to play with the tools that we've got, then that would be the question. And Paddy, you've alluded to what you think they'll do, but tell us you, Sinky, do you expect Rangers to go direct on Sunday? Will they get it to Tavernier? Will they get it to Barisic? Will they try and run free kicks around the box and go for height? They will. They will. That's, that's what they've been doing the last few years. Um, and they've, 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 they've watched us the last couple of weeks, so they're there, um, they'll be switched on, they'll do their homework, and I think it'll be a, a bit of a, a typical derby, it'll be a bit of a barrage to, to start with. But as I said, um, the Ralston just, no guys, I, the, 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 all the listeners can give us their, give us, give us their that's options. A, that's a good poll idea, Get, actually. get it to the listeners, because yeah. that, that's honestly, you know, I can't get away for that, you've ruined my week. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll put it in the socials, we'll do a poll on Twitter, and we'll see if we'll see if everyone's as terrified as you clearly are, Sinky. Um, bigger picture, lads, but who do you see, you know, once the, the next few weeks, you know, come and go, who do you see as your first choice centre-half pair? And it's obviously Cameron Carter-Vickers and one other, um, Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, have we just not seen enough of Navrotsky and Lager Bielka to work out who will be the, the I player? No, I, you, you I, I just think it'll be Navrotsky. Yeah. I really do. If, if we don't sign anyone else. Yeah. I, I've heard a few murmurings about uh, Rob Holden again. I see, I've seen his name doing the uh, rounds. Is he out of favour at Arsenal? Is that the case? Yeah. Um, so if we're going for Carl Vickers, and I agree, I think Navrotsky as well just looks like he's got a wee bit more about, a wee bit more experience as well than Lager Bielka. Um, does that mean Lager Bielka and one other probably Stephen Welsh has just signed a new four year deal is that your third and fourth choice leaving Liam Scales and Yuki Kobayashi further down the line 
Yeah, no further arguments than that. Um, I was chatting to Kush again during the post-match after Saturday and it's Celtic have been heavily criticised and, and I suggested as much myself that how has it come to be that Liam Scales lines up at centre-half in match day three of the, the Premiership? But what's the alternative for Celtic? Start your, your season with seven, eight, nine centre-halves. It's just been... It's been a really unlucky time, Wendy Paddy, and you can, Celtic, the board have made mistakes, Brendan Rodgers has made mistakes, the players have made mistakes, but sometimes you just have bad luck, and, and I would suggest that's what's happened here. It's a culmination, absolutely, and I, I've, uh, I've stewed and stewed and stewed over that result on Saturday and just had a, a, a really long think about things. Surprisingly, I'm still not too bad. I'm, I'm, I think I'm fairly optimistic about how this season will play out. Um, albeit, yeah, it will depend on who we bring in this week. I think that'll have a big bearing on how I feel. But I also, I, I do give the club the benefit of the doubt with the injuries that we, we, we face at the moment. I really do. I think just the heat in a moment, we're all just wearing everything that's happening just now because it seems to be one thing after the other, especially with the, with the injuries. I mean, Stephen Wells signing a contract uh, and then falling injured that later that day. That same day. I mean, like, did the, did the pen fall on his foot or something like that? <laughs> I, I, I don't know how how much more they can ask for in terms of like, the, the luck that they've faced at the beginning of the season. Having said that, there still should have been players in the door and players out the door. So it is a culmination of mistakes, but unfortunate events as well. The luck's got to turn sometime, Paddy, and Sunday would be a, oh my God, a perfect imagine. time for I'd it to happen. Everyone's been pretty doom and gloom in the chat this week. And again, not Marty. Not Marty, no, no, no. No, no. no surprisingly not. Actually, he's, he's just still looking for YouTube, uh, YouTube <laughs> commenters. Like, that's all he wants to do. But one of the things it, that we, everyone was basically saying, if we don't get players this week, and even if we do, it's going to be such a hard challenge at the weekend. Imagine is sneaking a victory and imagine it being someone that's been like a scapegoat. Imagine Liam Scales popped up with a winner on Sunday. Like just something like that will happen knowing the way Celtic can happen sometimes. Would you take a draw right now? Absolutely. Would you take a draw right now? I'll bite the hand off you right now. Absolutely not. Ball out for the win. Oh, for God's go for broke. Why, why anything but we've got the players to go and win that game even though we've been off for them it's just a drop McGregor the play scales <laughs> go, for, go for the off. win <laughs> what's happened here Tony Ralston for the winner uh, we'll be doing a, an extended big match preview on Friday over at the Celtic Exchange Plus so as mentioned earlier on the CelticExchange.com slash plus to get yourself signed up on a free trial for that um, Sinky any final comments on, on this quandary as we uh, head into Sunday <laughs> well he's all in the place too after this um as I said at the start, Sunday's a good opportunity to put things right. If it's a draw, I will take that. If it's a win, I will definitely take that. Um, we need to, It needs to turn around at some point and there's no better place and occasion to do it than Glasgow Derby. So, all out Celtic, come on. Yeah. Anything final from you, Paddy? I, listen, we, 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 we haven't clicked this season. It's as simple as that. That We still were a very strong team going forward. That's all I would say. Including Dyson Maeda's left-footed shooting. I tell you, Tavernier does not any, like any playing against him. But any left ticket the game break. I know, I know. I think he did. That's why they were all hanging back at the end. Um, no, but Tavernier does not like playing against him. And it might not be that he's going to have his shooting boots on on Sunday, but mm. I tell you what, he can put pressure on him. And if he's going to start, that'll be the role. Yeah, I think there's plenty to look forward to from Sunday. So I can understand some of the, the negativity, a wee bit of doom and gloom. But this is one to look forward to. It could be a, a huge week in the context of the season. So a good question there. Thanks to Graham again for sending that in. And to submit a question of your own for a future episode, you can do so in one of a few ways. You can tweet us at Celtic Exchange, email me directly on tino at com, Or if you want to actually hear yourself on the show, you can leave the question as a voice clip on speakpipe.com slash Celtic Exchange. 
Um, just some final updates as we start to close out the show, and we've already touched on a few of them, but it is a crucial week ahead for a, a few different reasons. Thursday, Sinky sees the, the Champions League draw, so that's at 5pm, and you can watch that live at UEFA.com. Friday at midnight, it's the end of the summer transfer window. And of course, Sunday, first Glasgow derby of the season at Ibrox, 12pm kickoff. Paddy, in order of most to least, what order are you looking forward to those events happening in? Uh, I'm going on holiday this week, that's number one. <laughs> He's not caring, man. No, no. He's out. <laughs> well, no, to I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday. I actually am. I love I love those games, love watching them. Great uh, great passion, great drama. Um, and I just think that we, you, you just never know. You just never know. Yeah, and am I right in saying, Paddy, you're, you're off to New York and you're going to catch it in Dempsey's, hopefully with some of the, the boys over there? Aye, aye. Uh, go and hopefully watch the game at Jack Dempsey's. Really looking forward to it. It's a great place to watch the football, so can't wait for that. Yep. Sinky, all huge events, as I say. Champions League draw. Usually want to look forward to. Maybe a wee bit more apprehension this time around. The end of the window. What question? How many signings do you think we'll make, including Louis Palmer? How many do you think we'll get in the door? I want to say five, but it'll be three probably. Three. Yeah, I'm going four. Yeah, just because I'm difficult, <laughs> including Louis Palmer. Right. Um, in, order, in order you've mentioned, I would say the transfer window. I'm looking forward to seeing what we get in the door. The, the draw to see who we get. That's always good. Got an easy jet. See where we're going, and then the, then the game probably third. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not looking forward to seeing Tony Wilson's first game oh, at centre half. You know, stop it, please, <laughs> please, mate. Uh, Sinky, your final comments as we start to close out today's show. Um, as I said, the last couple of weeks have been. A wee bit of doom and gloom, and uh, we've, all, we've all been emotional. We've, we've reacted. We're calling it Cal, Cal Mark and all sorts, and Cal the, man, the, uh, the manager and all sorts. But as I said, they're, they're trying to put it right, and we're getting some new personnel in the doors. The priority and getting ready some of the hangers on as well. Oh, get the, them, get the, them out. The deadwood. What about yourself, Paddy? Final comments. I listen. It's definitely been um, a bit of a tough month. I think uh, we, we've expected to be in a stronger position than what we are um, but I still think it's a very long season it's a very long season granted it's gutted to be at the League Cup but I just think that we need to buy in pretty quickly as as supporters we need to um, hope that our players buy into what is, is happening here um, because it ultimately we, we, we're still like under no pressure in the terms of nothing's pulled away yet nothing's moved away from us yet we're top of the table. We need to exactly. remember that. Exactly. I know it's been sketchy. We're top of the table. No, you're spot on. It's still, it's still in our hands. That's yeah. the way to look at it. And and we just need to get together and just just go for it. Sunday will be very interesting. I think. Yeah, I was just waiting for you to say, bring on Ibrox, the the kind of rallying call. But I, I know <laughs> that's what you were, you were meaning to say. <laughs> so that wraps things up on the latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. Thanks to Paddy and Sinky for joining me today, and as always, our thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back with the Celtic Exchange Weekly this time next week. But if you want to hear even more from us this week, then visit theCelticExchange.com slash plus to enjoy the extra content we offer at the Celtic Exchange Plus. And once you're in, you'll then be able to hear us again on Friday as we bring you the big match preview for that crucial game at Ibrox on Sunday. But till then, thanks for listening and we'll see you again very soon. Hold up. 